0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Forest and Camp Quarantine today. Um, on today's show, we will be learning how to make a fire. And is that, is that
2: Sherwood Forest?
0: No, 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 no. I don't go back to that place ever since they changed the uh, alcohol laws. Um, but but first, we have something With we have Russ with something to say.
3: So I'm going to quiz everybody because we do talk about the NFL, but I believe we're really watching our own teams more than – the other games, unless we're really gambling a lot. So, sure. <laughs> name me. We're all gambling
0: a lot these days, Russ. Let's not like kid ourselves. But anyway, go ahead.
3: Name me who the current NFL leading scorer is. Kamara. Walter Payton. No. Walter Payton.
1: He's I would dead. Say the the uh, Minnesota Vikings running back.
3: No. It's Young Ho Koo, who I've never heard of and he's a south korean born kicker for the falcons. Oh,
0: oh, okay, okay.
3: But none of us know him. Like you don't we don't know him. Well, like we don't. I, he, I, he plays in the NFL and we don't even know
2: this guy. Now, Kev, you were down I think 119 to nothing. Did you make a comeback last week?
1: <laughs> I, I did not. Um, believe it or not, I had my worst scoring week of the season. I was averaging like 100 and I don't know, 15, 18, 20 points and I scored like uh, 70. Um, and he scored 203.
2: Well, if you're going to have a bad week, Uh, this is the week to have it because if you're down 119 to nothing, it's pretty much you're done. Yeah,
1: yeah. but I did. I did have it, and a lot had to do with the fact that I have uh, multiple Broncos. Oh. Yeah, I had Fant. That 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 hurt. I had uh, Jordy, and then um, I had Hanlon, so all those guys – you know, I think he had one completion, so I think I had one point. <laughs> the, only
2: worse, the only thing worse would have been having uh, Baltimore Ravens wide receivers with the, with RG3. But, but to, to Russ's point, I, you know, obviously I follow the Bills, I watch the Bills, and I sort of watch the games that mean something to the Bills. But since I retired from fantasy football – I have lost track of, like, who the kicker is for, uh, you know, the the New England Patriots or, you know what I'm saying? It's like I I, I know everybody. You could ask me, okay, who the kicker is for – and I'd probably get 30 of the 32 teams, and now I can barely get – I would get more than half wrong. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but, you know, the thing about fantasy football when you're playing, I don't know if you – you play Russ, right? I'm
3: not this year, but I've played, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you know, you never pay much attention to kickers. Like nobody takes a kicker till the middle of the draft because sure. they're all pretty much the same. Um, I mean, you'll, you you know, unless you have a league where they reward the long kicks, then you sort of pay attention to the guys that have the stronger legs. Sure, but you know, if you if you have a league where a field goal is just three, uh, regardless of where you're in, right? You know, they're all the kind of same. You, you in in fact, you don't even pay attention to when the bye is because you just pick a guy up and throw him in. You, you,
2: uh, you clearly know if somebody is a rookie in fantasy football. This is years ago. Somebody took, and you can tell because this guy, you, you probably remember the name, but Mike Kofer, who was the kicker for San Francisco, yeah, for he sure. took him in the first round. Yeah. yeah.
1: that He is definitely a rookie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. yeah. Yeah. You would never do that. Well, it's, it's a hard thing to explain to people, too, who just start out that, you know, you don't always take. Um, there's only a couple of quarterbacks you take in the first forty picks, right? Uh, because again, you know it's, you know the the twentieth uh, best quarterback is still pretty good.
3: Yeah, I mean um, even someone like Matt Stafford, in most years throwing for a lot of yards.
1: Right. You're right. Not this year. He, by no, the way, he's my. I said
3: most years, I was careful. Yeah.
1: Not this year, but I had Russell Wilson, and I think he was the fourth quarterback taken uh maybe it's the third third or fourth but i think i got him in the third round okay of that so
3: echo you done camping
1: well, yeah the, the other thing i was gonna with regard to uh, you know making fun of uh all the covid tests uh, yeah. and i've been telling everybody <laughs> all my hockey friends you know we're gonna see this too yeah we got and <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be worse and I, I don't say that because i think it's wrong for them to uh, to forge ahead um because i think that the nfl even though it's been cumbersome I, I think they've shown that you know you can still have a season um and even college football with all the problems they have you know there's some still some teams that are still chugging along playing and we're gonna have a national champion and all that. I mean, maybe they deserve an asterisk, but it doesn't matter. So. Yeah, I don't think it's asterisk. I don't think, yeah.
3: Well, I mean, in certain sport like football is going to deserve an asterisk. Like the game we watched the other day with, with the Ravens and the Steelers was the worst played football game I watched. I watched a few quarters. I turned it off because it was just – it was brutal. There were fumbles everywhere. Wow. You mean all, the, all kinds of penalties. You mean other? Well, I, was,
1: I was impressed by the Ravens' defense. Like
3: No, their defense still played well. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. You're right about that. But, I mean – but, again, the amount of injuries, too. Like, that's another factor in all of this. While the sports are chugging on, when you don't have a team that practices for a week, all of a sudden players get hurt, too. And they, there was a ton of injuries. And so you kind of don't want that to happen in the hockey world either, Kev. But if there's – if they're going to have moments where they say, hey, you know what, uh, practices are canceled for three or four days for this one team and then they'll, get, they'll travel for their next game and all of a sudden they're not playing – but they're playing but they're not practicing we're going to notice
1: a, yeah. you know yeah.
3: injuries and a drop in play oh yeah how
1: much fun was it though to have a game in the middle of a wednesday afternoon like
3: <laughs> no that was good i mean <laughs> I yeah. that's yeah. fine
0: i mean I, it's it's for the people who work at home i mean let's let's face it sports of COVID, the COVID sports are fantastic
3: you know? oh yeah
1: yeah i mean I'm, I'm just reminded about what i've said for years that for up to me nhl games would we played 10 10 and noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays.
3: Yeah, I said that too. I I fully feel like that was part of the success in the Kobe games originally is because they were playing them during the day too.
0: Yeah, yeah. It definitely plays into it for sure. All right, let's get started. We have a fun game we're going to play today. Um Mike's going to lead us through. Um and uh well, yeah.
2: Well, well I, I, I we have some
0: headlines too. Yeah, we have news, some headlines. We're going to start with news of course. Yeah. You know, we're going to we're going to have some fun. Is that okay with everyone?
2: Oh yeah,
3: let's right, have fun.
0: I'm I'm drinking. By the way, I'm drinking today. I'm drinking cheer wine. I don't know if you ever guys have had this before. Never heard of it. It's Never just um, it. it's just cherry soda, but it's um, it's really good. It's really good. I I've, I've tried to you know since I don't drink, I'm not an alcoholic drinker.
3: I had an IBC cream soda with lunch. That was really good. Nice. I haven't yep. had a cream soda in a long time. Yeah, so I've been drinking
0: Philadelphia Philadelphia Birch beer and stuff like that, which is good. Okay. But, uh, speaking, speaking,
1: mean, speaking of that, before we get going, because yeah. it reminded me of this, and I want to run this because, um, you know, you guys might remember. Does anyone remember having sodas? Not not soda pop, but actual when you go to the ice cream. Yes. Stuff, yeah, it's like yeah, soda. around the
0: corner like, from my house. Like, what is this? What's the difference there? That, that...
1: Uh, a soda is it's. Uh, uh carbonated water right with yeah. like uh, like a, to- a topping so like a strawberry or pineapple yeah. or it's chocolate like mixed in and then you put ice cream in it yeah. um, okay. and when i was a kid you know you'd go up and instead of getting a shake you'd get a soda right um and you you know that's how they made them especially when you know they had soda fountains when i was a kid yeah. you know the drugstores had places and you sat on stools and
3: yeah, I had a place that still had a soda fountain too, so you could get that, or I could just order like a vanilla soda because that was unheard of when I was a kid, and they would put in the, uh, you know, the liquid and and you'd have a vanilla
2: soda like that. They did all that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how much of a differentiation there is between a soda and a float because a float you know,
1: is, has has pop in it, like it's coke. right? Cold. Exactly. right. Or thing, but you know, but it's 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 a big difference. It's like having a liquid Sunday, a soda.
3: Right. Yeah. Like Johnny says, the egg cream was big in New York. Ah, Egg egg cream was really
1: huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah. Russ, are you thumbs up or thumbs down
2: on YooHoo?
3: No, I'm thumbs up. I just bought some YooHoo for the fridge. Um, Okay. Because
2: YooHoo is is like chocolate flavored water. I've never had one, but what was the
0: supercharged soda that like had like all the extra caffeine in it? Jolt. Oh, Jolt Jolt Jolt. Jolt, right, Jolt. Um yeah. now that you know like I've said before like of course you know my my, my love of Take a Boost and um, yeah
2: yeah yeah
0: is we've is met as much discussed on the show um and my and my my dearest niece who watches the show all the time, Hey Brianna, um she's a huge hockey fan. She she actually they now have drink a toast in her Wegmans. So when I when I see her next time I'm going to have a whole big thing. Oh, there you
3: go. Man, I, I did awesome. I did want to say this because um but Mike, you're brought, cutting it. Why, why, Mike yeah. brought up you who um I'm I'm pretty good friends with Lindsay Barrow who's Yogi Berra's granddaughter. She hates you who because it was in her fridge all the time and it was everywhere and so she got he, sick he, of it. He, he got I guess he got product as part of his Yeah, deal. he got product and she was sick of it. But is so
1: much- it speaking of Yogi Berra, did anyone notice that on the on the interview cuz it's been on the social media that uh, Dr. Fauci in his interview has a Yogi Berra baseball card. Yeah, I too. did see it. Yep, yeah, he's got some good stuff.
0: Um no, that, that's pretty funny. Uh, you know. And it's funny because I got into the whole thing of my son was like the other day. He's like, what's turtle wax? You know, like he, for, <laughs> he's, he's thinking that's an actual thing that's, you know, that you would wax your turtle. Oh, really? He thought that? Well, because he's never heard of it before, you know, and he's an animal guy. He's like, I, dad, they were talking. I was watching the show and it said, you know, you're getting a year's supply of turtle wax. And, wax, and like, wax
1: up. Yeah.
2: that was the
0: official like consolation prize of game shows. Bob. Yeah. Let's make a yeah. deal. Let's make a deal. You've got the home version. Yeah. yeah, which which I don't think you could buy in the stores. You know, yeah, and no, you, didn't you could. you, oh, you could? could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Home version of Let's Make a Deal, and um, you know, but the home version of Let's Make a Deal is just basically everyone's everyone who's married knows that.
3: Well, we did have a Jeopardy game, so yeah, Kevin's right. It, I remember having a Jeopardy home version. Yeah.
0: <laughs> married knows the game Let's Make a Deal really well. Um, all right, here we go. We're gonna move along, and I'm gonna start the show. It's a Friday. Hello, Hockey World. It's Friday, December fourth. Thank God, Friday, December 4th, 2020.
2: I'm Michael Ajello, and no, act is not in Jellystone Park.
0: No, I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. Kevin Allen. <laughs> and I'm ECCLIT, although I did see a lot of Jellystone parks in my day. Um, uh, this is the Hockey Buzzcast on hockeybuzz.com. It's the podcast that comes every Monday through Friday at this time to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And we're going to start off with some news and then get into a game. And also something I want you guys in the uh, but there's something I want you guys in the chat room to think about as we go along here because I'm working on a blog and I wanted to get your help because you know I'm I'm lazy. So, to try, try help me out on this one. you know we're in, we're in the in the regular news now. We're hearing a lot about pardons, right? The concept of, you know, you can pardon someone um uh-huh. for doing wrong um or apparently the if, just in case they did wrong, and you don't know about it. But you can, but you you can pardon people these days. And I thought to myself, okay, in hockey, is there one pardon you would like to grant a GM of your a GM of your choice for a trade that they made that was so terrible that you feel like they need to be pardoned for it? So think I, about that. I don't,
1: I don't know about a GM, but I would pardon Steve Smith for the mistake. Pardon, you there you go. It could be
0: anything. I like that, Kev. Pardon Steve yeah. Smith. He deserves a pardon.
1: He does. Yeah. Could I agree How about
0: Tommy Sallow. Tommy Salo deserves Tommy a Salo
1: deserves a pardon for sure. Yeah, I like that. So
0: if you think about anything else in there, we'll get into that for sure. I've been to Banff, Randy. I've been to Banff. Um I have
3: been to Banff in Calgary. I will give uh, Dennis Potvan a pardon because he really didn't try and hurt old Nielsen and he hurt he had to hear Potvan sucks for the rest of his career and a lot of <laughs> and a lot of his working life.
1: Here's the here's a question though about that. Um not about Potvan, but um uh, does Ulf Samuelson deserve a pardon for Cam Neely? Because Cam mm. Neely was really hurt. I love Olfie Samuelson,
2: but,
1: mm. boy, I'm not sure I could pardon. I'm
2: not sure I would give him one. Should, no. should, Ty, should Ty Domi be pardoned for punching Olf Samuelson?
0: Um, <laughs> I like it. Well, think about this in the chat room. We'll talk about it later. I'm going to write a blog about it. So I'm yeah. gonna, what do we have in news-wise? Let's get this in news.
2: Yeah, let me let me just throw out mine quickly. Uh, I would pardon, yeah. would pardon George McPhee for the – Philip Forsberg for was it Martin Erat trade? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. How about Don Goharski up, Mike for um.
2: I mean, Carey Fraser. Oh, no, Carey
0: wouldn't pardon uh, for the no. He's, he should
2: he should be in uh, in 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 perpetuity in hell along with Wayne Gretzky. Mike wouldn't pardon Matt Sundin. He didn't do anything. <laughs> yes, he did. He didn't <laughs> waive his no trade clause. <laughs> all
0: right, let's
3: start. all right, Mike. What
0: do we have news wise?
2: Well, okay, Kev, um over the last 24 hours, it seems to be um, the general consensus that we are going to have a season and yep. that uh, it probably will start in the middle of January. At least that's what uh, Pierre LeBron, Elliot Fre- Friedman, um, uh, Frank Cervelli, who are all reporting middle of January. Although I listened to Brian Burke on Hockey Central and he said that the, the uh, training camp wouldn't get started till the. Uh, Boxing Day and the season wouldn't start till February first or February fifteenth. I, I don't think it's going to be that. No.
3: Hey, look, I reported January fifteenth from a source yesterday on this show. You Boxing
2: did?
0: Day for those Americans is the day after Christmas, De-
2: December twenty sixth.
0: Yes. London, London, Noel, as they say in Quebec. But anyway. Continue.
2: So, Kev, what have what have you heard?
1: Well, the the January fifteenth or the middle of January, I should say. It's what people have been saying now for the last two or three weeks and um and everyone has always assumed all along that it was going to get done and it, and now we're hearing that it's uh closer to that uh, i have not heard anything about when training camps are started but, no me neither uh, but i've talked to uh, a couple of general managers who felt all along that we were going to start uh, in mid-january uh, what i'm hearing is is the idea of playing multiple games against one team um, is still in play. The All Canadian Division is still in play. Yep. Um, that that's the way we're going to view it. Um, there are, is some discussion about uh, playing outdoor games, although the league um, from uh, and I haven't asked uh, anybody directly from the league, but I'm hearing from GMs that the league's not thrilled about that.
3: Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think there's a high percentage of any of them happening. Honestly. Well, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Here's the thing, and and Burke Burke clarified this. Uh, on the, on the Hockey Central show this uh, this morning, um, he says the cost in terms of the
1: setup of the million bucks. Yeah, yeah that's what we were yeah, talking
2: about said, it yesterday. I yeah, put it, in my, it was, in my book. Yeah, yeah, she said it was closer to two now. Yeah,
1: but you. Oh, you, okay, you, right. you, you what
0: I was told they would do though, they would set it up for a couple weeks. It would be like it, that, and, oh, it would have to be. Yeah, like, I wrote about yeah. ages ago that this is this when I talked to somebody at the NHL and they said this was a possibility that they would have um, they have. Two fit they have two setups for this right now. They have two full setups for this already, right? They own that. The NHL owns that and they can get out, they can rent others, but they got two full setups of the arenas. Um so they could they could tour these arenas they could basically tour that around where two weeks you go and and you know in that period of time, seven say seven games are played by the home team in that two span where what? you have teams coming in and and yes, it costs a million or two million dollars to set it up, but you can but you get twenty thousand fans in a sixty thousand seat arena or sixty thousand seat outdoor stadium. It's, it's twenty crazy.
1: twenty twenty thousand fans is about a one point three million dollar take. Right. The but okay,
0: the then NHL, you're making point three and you're not losing a million or two million.
2: What the NHL is yeah. worried about, AK, is apparently is killing the golden goose. Is the fact that yeah. Yeah. you know this is this is a signature event, and if you have seven, that's ten not,
1: that's 20, ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Oh, it's not ridiculous. Not it's not true. Yeah, that, it's you know, true.
2: And the other thing
3: is. People gear up for those games, right? So they're willing to put up with not the great, not the greatest seats, not the greatest view. You don't know what the weather is going to be. Yeah. Now you're asking fans to go to like ten of those games. Why not? You're, you're at- not- no, you're not. You're asking, you're gonna have like,
0: I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're gonna no, have no
3: no, but they're not gonna sell 20,000 seats to each one of those games. That's my point. They're they, never they, gonna be able to do that.
0: I mean, could they no, but but the the point of this is and in some in some places you will like so say you had let's just say go on the low end, five games played, right? You play five games. The team plays five games at home while this is set up, so cost a million dollars, you know, to set up. Let's get let's say 1.5 million since it's a million or two, whatever. Okay. 1.5 million to set it up. But that's that setup, once the setup is set up, it's it's up. It's up. So you don't it doesn't cost that every friggin' time. You have to you have to, you know, you keep and in the meantime, you know, you've been to these outdoor games, they're they're selling ice time on these rings for people to play. They're selling, you know, they're they're having all these, you know, they sell
3: when them. they were allowed to do
0: things no, like that.
1: You, you they won't be able to do that. They because,
0: can't do any of that now.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I mean first outdoors,
0: of, outdoors you can why can't you no. sell that? No, no, they still will not allow that Okay, the they're,
2: well, they're worried about the durability of that ice. Right. They're not. Gonna, they're not going to let like uh, you know them buy time at twelve o'clock midnight for the press to play. Durability well, is
0: only an issue in certain places. I mean, the durability of that ice is not going to be a problem in places like there are some places where you're going to now. Listen, I'm, it's going to be cold, but I think the, the the excitement of this is the only time you're going to get to see your team live are these five games and that thing's coming next week to Philly. I bet you those five games sell out
3: instantly. Okay, and here's the nightmare of it. So let's just say, for argument's sake, you're right. They all sell out, and let's say. First one goes off without a hitch, and then the next one gets rained out, and the next one gets rained out. Fine. Then what are you going to do? You put them
0: inside, and you do what you were going to do, anyway. do, do anyway. You're going to do anyway. You're going to lose money, and but the inside. So what's the freaking deal? Why is it such what, a bad what, idea? Do
1: you, you want to do this act because it's a good good time, or you just like the concept?
0: Uh, <laughs> no, uh, three reasons. I love the I, like the I like the concept of the excitement of the traveling thing, where it's coming to your town, and next week's the week they're in Chicago. Or something like that. I think that's going to be fun. Um, I like that concept. I also think that it's making some money, you know. And it,
1: yeah, it, I, 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 I don't think it will make money because the, you know, the rent on these uh, stadiums is huge. Like the yeah. University of Michigan is a two million rental. Yeah. So, so, um
0: now it, you don't think you can get a deal on that. I mean, well how many things are happening at the University of Michigan Stadium? Right uh,
1: I'm, I'm telling you, they would still hold them up.
2: Uh-huh. They probably won't
3: even allow actually for colleges, you're not going to be able to set it up at a college, they're not allowing anybody on campus.
2: And the really. only way the NHL makes significant money is if they jack up the price of the tickets to something more than the normal ticket. And right now, financially, people are hurting. So they're yeah. not yeah, gonna they're not
0: paying, you're not but the people are hurting, but there are season ticket holders out there who are paying who are not paying anything this year.
1: Okay, so well, let, me, are- well, let me let me let me let me throw this out there. Um, one of the things that I've heard that's been sort of to- told to me by general managers that not that they're involved in this, but they've heard the discussions within the the team office about, you know, if, there's a possibility we we'll we get to the whole regular season without having any fans and then the playoffs, because by then, especially when we get to the conference finals, you know, we might have a good deal of the country vaccinated, depending right. on who you believe. And if that's the case, perhaps we can have fans for the um, – yeah for the, for the playoffs. playoffs well what the discussion has been <clears throat> with the people that uh you know the deal with the finances is can we really then after going through all this go to fans and make them pay playoff prices or are we going to have to give them uh as a reward for sticking with us when we've held their money for so long yeah uh, do we t- just give them regular uh, prices and a lot of the teams have reached the conclusion that there would be um, backlash if they suddenly went up to yeah. you know uh for the conference final a couple hundred dollars to see yeah. no, so I, agree. I think right. they would be true for the outdoor i think yeah you know if you're holding their money you know uh, if you suddenly jacked up the prices and made it difficult or if just for a family of four to uh you know i bought tickets for the outdoor game here and i took uh, four people um and uh it was i didn't buy a ticket i was covering the game and i remember it was eight hundred and ninety dollars yeah um and they were setting way up there so yeah uh, i don't think we'll see those um the jacking up the prices if they have i haven't. don't think you can do
0: that either and i don't think they have to but i think the idea here is nothing versus something and and an event at the same time so where's the doubt where's well, the real downside of this
1: I, it's clear some owners feel the same way because it's being talked about. So, you know, some people, some of the owners side with you, but I, I've just heard that the league frowned upon it. Um, even though I have not had that verified. Well, yeah, um, the I, other I,
3: downside. The other downside. There's another obvious downside. Act. The other splintering things that are part of these outdoor games you can't do because you can't put 20,000 people in one place or even half of those people in one place to enjoy all those other outdoor events that are all around the game. You can't do any of that. No,
0: that's, that's for sure. Um, And And
3: that's that's, what they make money on that. No, they make money on
0: those. And it is, it is an event in general, you know, like the, the fact, all the, all the the great, it's like a carnival, like an ice, like an ice festival basically that goes on around the, and I love that. And hopefully maybe we get towards the end of the year when more people are, are, you know, are vaccinated, maybe they could do some of that. Maybe you could have some of that. But
3: Yeah, sure. If they're vaccinated, yes.
0: I think in the beginning of the season you wouldn't be able to. I you know, I think you would start in the south because obviously, you know, January is the south and, and work your way up work work your way up, you know, up north so that by the time you're in can, in Canada doing this or what have you you know okay. you're in march or may, may, may you know
2: canada is not going to allow it from uh, the, the talk in like for example the uh, one of the toronto radio stations had a poll this morning about uh you know would you go to bmo which is where kevin and and russ and i went for the centennial classic between the the wings and, and the leafs would you go to leaf games if they played them at bmo field but they uh, the issue the caveat that the Pro- province of ontario and the federal government would never approve an outdoor game right now, anywhere.
0: Right now they wouldn't, you know, but when you get, I'm talking about by the time you get North, by the time you get to Minnesota and Boston and Buffalo, when you get to those places, you know, you're, you're talking about not January, not February, maybe late, March. Like, late March, you know? So you're talking about, you know, right before the playoffs, the playoffs are probably going to start in May, May, maybe probably May, you know, <coughs> the way this is set up. So I think by that point, you could do i mean i just think that and i don't as far as the guild of off the goose or any or whatever that the expression means i think i know i know i mean i know what it means but what as far as that goes i, I it's the same thing like i don't think the other i don't think the stadium series takes away from the winter classic i don't i think that every time you do one of these things in this in a city it's unique to it in and of itself i don't i don't think it's a problem
2: well, I, I i i agree with that but we're talking about one or two as opposed to 8 or 10 And once you continue to do it, it it loses its cachet when you do it so much. And here it's clearly as a, as a money grab, it's clearly because the league is losing $300 million.
0: I mean, it, it it also, I mean, there's, there's hockey fans out there that are going to want it. I mean, we're just looking at football fans going out there right now and watching games. Right. I mean, and that's a yeah, sure that's a money grab because and if everything in sports is a money grab, I'm yeah, not but
2: it's that. it's different for football because football is turning a profit even if there's nobody in the stands.
0: Right, but to me, and that's even more so to my point, there are people out there that want. You know, the NFL doesn't have to put fans in there. There are people out there that, that are willing to do it. There are people out there that feel safe enough. I mean,
1: you know, yeah, so- there's really not that many NFL teams doing it. Right,
2: right. Arizona, the Texas, a couple uh, a couple other right. <clears throat> Right. And three or four others that
0: were stopped it for the year already. Yeah, Yeah. already stopped it. I mean, I think when you get into the colder months, though, you know, you've got a mask on, you've got a scarf on, you've got you really are starting to like isolate your people are going to be isolated in colder, colder things.
1: I'll tell you how, like here in Michigan, when uh, Governor Whitmer uh, basically uh, added a second sort of lockdown, you know, our restaurants are closed and everything and also a limited number of gathering. One of the first questions asked at the press conference is the University of Michigan football team was allowing the friends and family of the team to right. attend the games. They were the only fans there. And uh, they asked whether or not the, the family and the friends would still be able to watch the Michigan game under the current uh, law. And the guy who was the head of Health and Human Services said, "When we said there will be no fans at any game. We mean no fans. Right. Uh, which would have been there. So right. you know, it couldn't happen in Michigan.
2: Yeah. Um, right. Yeah.
0: And I mean, we're going to debate all day long whether or not that's the right decision or whatever. I mean, I th- and then I know we're not going to get into that. Yeah. But I think, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I, I do like, it. let's move on to other stuff. Mike, what else do you have?
2: Yeah. Um, well, it was notable yesterday when They came out with both team Canada and team USA uh, top picks for last year's draft, uh, Jack Hughes and the previous and this year's draft, uh, Alexis Lafreniere, uh, Lafreniere will not be going uh, and participating with Team Canada. The Rangers said no thank you, and the Devils said no thank you to Jack Hughes. Now, Kevin, we know that uh, Detroit said no thanks with Cider, and there's some talk about Nick Roberts and the Leafs prospect, but if the if the season gets delayed in terms of uh, it starting mid-January, the Leafs will probably let him go. But the, you know, it, It's a little surprising, but not totally, that the Rangers and the Devils would not let – these top players go to the World Juniors. Yeah,
1: I I actually support it. Normally, I, you know, like if the season started in October and we could see that the guys weren't playing, um, I would say let them go. Um, But this is a different situation. Like the Devils are um, hope to be an improved team this year. Uh, They don't want to take a chance that Jack Hughes would get hurt there. You know, those are extra games he'd be playing. Uh, You know, they want him thinking about getting ready to join his teammates. That'll be right about the time. You know training camp has started uh and the same thing with lafreniere you know he's a special rookie and uh you know and sure he could benefit probably by being a dominant player then but they're more interested uh, i mean there's been projections that he might play on the top line i know so with all that in mind i think the circumstances are different yeah. um and you know, i'd be more uh, sympathetic toward the idea of letting them play if we had started in October and then, you know, we could see, I mean, if they were only playing nine or 10 minutes then I would say yes, but in the, in those two cases, uh, and, and cider, uh, you know, is uh, playing with men in Sweden and doing really, really well. And, and I don't see any benefit to, to the Red Wings or him by going to play in the world junior championship.
3: There is two other players, so the Rangers didn't let Kako go either. He, he could have gone. Um, but Ottawa is letting Stutzla go, and, and that one's interesting because he's just coming off a hand injury, but maybe Ottawa feels, all right, we're not going to be ultra competitive this year, so it'll be good for the kid. That was, uh, that was a little bit surprising. Not, I mean, it probably will do good for him for, to be there. It usually does, but the fact that he's rehabbing an injury and
2: just got over that. Made me a little surprised. Wasn't there a Russian also, uh, Russ, that uh, they weren't given access to? Uh, I didn't hear that. I okay, I, I thought there was, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Kev. Even without these players, this is going to be a a much more uh, richer world junior than we normally have because we were talking about this yesterday when you have Kirby Dodge who played really well for Chicago in the playoffs, Bowen Byram is probably going to be on Colorado's uh, defense. Normally those players probably would have already started the season and wouldn't be let go by their teams. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the probably the two most prominent players on team Canada.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I the only other question I have about the world juniors is, uh, and I don't, Know enough about what their setup is is going to be in terms of uh, a bubble-like environment, but you know the one thing that's different about this that makes me wonder whether we should be playing is these teams are all flying in from other countries. Right. where are at a different level and entering right. the bubble. And I know they're going to quarantine, so I'm sure they're doing it right. But um, uh, geez, it just yeah. sounds like it's. Uh,
3: I'll tell you what, yeah,
1: it's good for trouble.
3: I'll tell you what my worry is, Kevin. I, I brought this up yesterday, but I'll bring it up with you. My worry, and this is why I'm 50-50 on the tournament. Of course, me, I'd want to. i love to see it. I've, yeah, already, I've already interviewed guys about it. I've already watched scrimmages. But the problem is with all these guys flying in from different places, even if you test them and they test negative the day that they're flying, Who's to say five days in, all of a sudden they don't all start testing positive, and now you've got to quarantine them 14 more days, and what's that going to do to the start of your tournament potentially? You know, like that could happen.
2: Well, that's why you're bringing 25 players instead of 23. Right, but again, if you start
3: missing, if you're if you're let's say Germany and you're missing Stutzla, and you know name one or two other good players from that team. They're done. They're never going to win
2: a face-off. Well, think of it this way, Russ. If there's positives for four or five or six players, that team can't play. They'll be playing short-handed. Right.
1: Yeah. So
2: their tournament's probably over with. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true.
1: I guess my bottom line is I'm surprised they're playing, You know, given how strict Canada Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, there's a lot of fights going on, Kev. Um, in Alberta, the – you know, the uh, the government there with their health services, they're not thrilled about it, and they're questioning all of it. And so right now, Hockey Canada is walking on eggshells with that, and there's going to be a, probably another rumbling before it happens because it's 10 times higher now in that area than it was when the NHL was playing there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Kevin, just to, before we play our game, I wanted to go back to the, uh, the ongoing talks just for a second because – It seemed to be some sort of missed signals during the week with what Gary Bettman came out and talked about. There's been some criticism that, unusually he didn't have all of his ducks in a row and that there are some owners that are not exactly pleased in retrospect with what the CBA, uh, how it's broken down. I guess apparently some owners who were also NBA owners looked at the NBA CBA and liked it a lot better than what the NHL had and, you know, that sort of opened him up uh, to have been a criticism. What, what have you heard about that? What do you, what do you think of the way it's been handled?
1: Well, it's interesting. I, again, I talked to a general manager about this, um, and, uh, not an owner, but he, he said that, um, he, he wasn't thrilled about the CBA, um, when it was even agreed to uh, the mm-hmm. first time, because he could foresee, you know, issues with it. And, um, He understood why they wanted to get it done because they just wanted labor peace, you know, essentially. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I think on balance, the owners have been thrilled with Gary Bettman through the years. Um, But that doesn't mean they agree with everything he wants to do. You know, what he's very good at is reading the tea leaves and building consensuses. Well, Uh, all
3: right. So the one consensus cap that we're sort of seeing now, it's a smaller one, is. There's certainly, and you had said this a while ago, there's certainly more than just a few owners that want to play as few games as possible. And now we're hearing this argument from the player side, like, hey, and this is what we heard in baseball too. Hey, they're legitimately trying to keep the number of games down so they pay us less. And I think that, you know, I was speaking to people yesterday. I think the teams, there are teams that, that would either choose not to play or, or lesser schedule. And I think there's some names of teams that would shock us um, yeah. that we're, well, were on leaning that way
1: yeah and i that's definitely true uh, I, you know i the what was speculated to me and i don't even think the guy that was talking to me about this knew exactly because you know there's been no polls right uh, but um, but you know his sense was there was at least 10 owners that didn't want to play at all yeah um, and uh, but I, I i think i would argue that even those 10 owners that don't want to play i bet half of them You know realize that it's good for the game to play um and and we go along with that and then i think there are a lot of uh uh owners that are right in the middle saying okay well you know but we can't play 82 games so you know we'll lose too much money like nobody no matter how rich you are you don't want to lose 70 to 80 million dollars no yeah the, the, the biggest thing and i you know i keep hitting this hard because i i want people to understand this that the the oddity of this situation is is that the richer teams will lose less the the teams that will lose the most are the teams that are ill and can ill afford to lose that much money like the if you know if you had no fans it's going to be and you played 82 games it would be the coyotes and the panthers and and the anaheim ducks those are the teams that would uh lose the most amount of money because they don't have the larger Ranger-like television deal, or the sponsorship deals that the uh, you know Maple Leafs and the Rangers and the Canadians have, um, so you know that when, when they have empty arenas, they don't get the same amount of revenue that those teams have.
2: Yeah, and it, it, it would be different than it was when baseball rusted because with in baseball it was. Pro-rated salary based on the number of games. In in hockey, it's you're getting paid whether there's one game or 82. So it's, a, it's the same thing. It's a question of whether the, the league is successful in getting the Players Association to defer more money so they break down 50-50. That's, That's the whole fair, thing. Yeah. So, I mean, right. it, I think it would make more sense for them to want to play as many games as possible, but now you've got the limitation of time, and they want to start the playoffs by probably – The the first week in May and get it over with in early July before the Olympics.
3: Yeah, we're still hearing the Olympic thing, but we're also still hearing about the business expense part of just having a game.
2: Right.
1: Well, and it does cost them money. Like the you know, even if you uh, uh, don't have any uh, fans in the building, you know where it's less. Um, cost. I mean, you know, you and we've talked about this before. It's like maintaining a small village. It takes about 500 people to, to have an NHL game, and, and there's fewer than that, but there's still some. I mean, you have to have, you know, maintenance people there, and you got to have, yeah, still some security to make sure people aren't trying to get in.
0: And and, when, and the other thing I was told is they just the upkeep of everything. um When you know when you can't just like melt the ice between hands, you know, you got everything. Right. To you got to keep the ice going. There's a there's yeah. amount of upkeep in, in hockey. It's just the way it goes, right? So there's a there's a lot of money to be lost there, and there's a lot of uh, different owners who have different opinions on that, on how, on how much money should be lost, and that's why you're hearing the outdoor game stuff like we talked about, um, for sure. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's very complicated. It is, you know, deal, and I think it's more complicated for hockey because um, the factor television deal doesn't, yeah, afford them enough money to just um, play and live off their television money.
0: Before we get into the game, Mike, I wanted to bring up one thing that is really, I'm really proud of, and that's, um, you know, Corrine, who writes for us, Green She does an incredible job. She's really, she's a great Montreal Canadiens writer, um, and she's just killing it lately, and the thing she's been doing lately, which I think you all should check out, is she's doing the Montreal Canadiens Advent Calendar of Memories, <laughs> which I loved. I think it's great. So this is day three, which is Markov's Kiss. And um, <laughs> what's amazing about this stuff is not just that she, she's writing it down and, you know, she's writing the story and then she's putting in, you know, stuff that, you know, that you remember. Subban scores the goal, Markov kisses him, the whole thing. Yeah. But, you know, she's doing them both in English and then she's doing them in French. Like it's oh, that's great. I mean, wow. I mean, I really am impressed. Karine is just green deserves a, and she's getting a whole lot of comments and a whole lot of play for this. Um, And people even in the Canadians pointed out to me that they
3: loved it. Yeah, so. she's talented. I I always knew she would do a good job for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Russ, oh
2: come on, she's just using Google Translate. We know that.
3: Rest is no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I knew she wrote a little bit for me, and then she got busy yeah. with other stuff, and she's killing it for Eric. Yeah, rest was um,
0: rest was the one who tipped us off on her, and we've had some great Montreal Raiders, but Kareen's, you know, Eric Engels among them, and everybody else. But Kareen, man, she's she's as good as any right now. I'm telling you, she's killing it. So definitely check that out. Um, all right, so Mike, what do we got?
2: Okay, we can do one of two things. We can uh, look at the best and worst contracts that we uh that uh, Emily Kaplan wrote a piece for ESPN a couple of weeks ago. We we looked at the one half of the league or we can look at a game uh, with the restri- the unsigned restricted free agents and like guess this. what what they'll what they'll sign for.
0: I think that's the one. Let's go with the second one. Um okay. I think All that's right. that, that's the uh that's, that's one right now because is, it's incredibly hard to do obviously so right you know, right what i what i'll do here he's no wagering you know what,
2: what, what i'll do here is i'll tell you what the team has in remaining cap space mm-hmm. uh so we you know, we well, you know
1: tell, tell us what his their contract was before too okay
2: yeah. uh well we'll start with an easy one casey Middlestadt, who's coming off his elc so he was making nine hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars, and he sent uh, down to Rochester midway through the season. Uh, he had 9 points in 31 games. Hasn't really established himself in the NHL at this point, so he's coming off the, his ELC. Uh, the Sabres have close to $3 million in cap space, but this is a player that you don't know really know what he is right now, but you still hope that he's going to be somebody who could be really good, so it might be beneficial for the Sabres to sign him for longer than a year, maybe two or three years, and get him at a lower rate. Question is what that what that lower rate would be. Now I think I would sign him for two years at a million bucks because that's a little more. that's a little bit of a raise on a his raise. You know, but not not so ridiculous. And that's a one-way deal, so it's not you know he gets sent down to the the to Rochester. They could bury that amount and it would come off their cap. So I'd say a million for two years.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd go I'd go three million for two years with the idea we still believe in you. Um, and we mm-hmm. still think you have a, a chance, you know, probably you're um, – and it's still 1.5, so you've kept half your cap space. Yeah. Um, okay. so I, like that. I like that number too. That's why I was gonna which,
3: which player? Because I didn't get to
2: hear the Middle player. Middle
3: stat. Yeah, I would go um, – I still would go three years, probably two million per, because I do think he is going to uh, come through on that, and I do think – even if it's not this year, even if it's one more year. We all have to remember, this kid came out of high school. So if you want to call him a bust, go ahead and call him a bust. Yeah. He had a pretty good year in the AHL, and he needs some more development time. This is not completely shocking. It's not.
1: I, I like Russ's – You know, if you want to get the third year, yes. you've got to make it enticing for him. You do. So now it's two million, two million years. You know, you're starting to talk about real money. Yeah, I yeah. know. They yeah, so um makes six million dollars. Yeah, yeah, I I like that
2: too. And yeah. and you'd still he'd be a restricted free agent with arbitration with one year away until UFA. Right. So you still have some control yeah. over him.
0: Uh okay. Uh Luke yeah, the, the addition of um of Hall might help take a little bit of the extra focus away from him. Yes. I, I think yeah. the focus on him has been pretty <coughs> for the most part. Go ahead, Mike.
2: He, he can play on the third line for the Sabres if he makes the team. But uh, yeah. okay. Luke Cunningham, who was traded uh, from uh, Minnesota to Nashville, so he's on the Preds now. Right. The Preds have plenty of cap space, um, so there's no limitation there. He had 31 points last year, 15 goals, 16 assists. Uh, Ross, you first. What what would you try? Would you try a one-year deal, two-year deal? Yeah. Uh, No, I would give him two
3: at about five million because I I believe he could get up to like 45 points a year. So, 2.5 a year, or yeah, 2.5 a year. I think he can get up to 45 points a year. I also feel like he just got over injuries, too. So, he had a pretty good year last year, especially a good second half. He did. Um,
0: go to Kevin for a second. I want to check one thing about him. Well,
1: okay, Uh, I I was going to say exactly what Russ said. You know, he's already had uh, some points. Uh, he's probably not going to want a third year, right? Um, because he's going to believe in himself. But you know, five million is real money to him for two years. Um, so, <laughs> right, <laughs> work
2: <laughs> uh, I, yeah. I, I I'll go along. I think two point five for two years is fair. I think he would he would accept that. I think that's not uh, that won't penalize the uh, the the Preds. So I, I, I think I think that's a good median bridge type deal.
0: Yeah, um, I think you guys are pretty much I'm pretty much on the same on the same in the same boat with you guys. I was trying to see where he, where he was where I was putting him. I was doing my depth charts the other day. I was oh, trying okay. to see where I put him in my depth charts to try to figure out some things for teams. He's
2: probably gonna be on the second line with Nashville, yeah. I would say.
0: Yeah, he's probably like a second line player. That's probably true.
2: Okay. Yeah, I like that. Here's one of the more prominent restricted free agents. Pierre Luc Dubois, Columbus Blue Jackets now with, Columbus was able to clear cap space uh, with the trades of New Devara and Ryan Murray. Uh, they also are going to be able to put Brandon Dubinsky on LTIR. They have over 10 million in cap space without putting Dubinsky on LTIR. Dubois was their leading scorer last year and was their star in the playoffs. Um, Russ, I'll go first on this one. I think uh, Yarmo wants to, wants to get him on one of those five or six year deals. Um, and I'll, I'll say he's got to be probably, I'd say 8.5 a year. I mean, I think they're going to have to pay that kind of money because he's, they, they, you know, they've got the cap space and they cleared it for this guy. So I think they're going to have to pay him to buy unrestricted years. I won't go that
3: high. I'll, I'll go because he is a center. I do think there's a ceiling for him for points, but not necessarily like for physicality and playing the position better, but I'm going to go like seven, I'll go seven and a half by five. That's what I'll go.
2: Okay, uh, Kevin.
1: Yeah, I, I like Russ's uh, thinking on that, but I'm I'm going to go six uh, at four at, at 45 million. Okay, that's
2: okay. seven. Uh, yeah, that's seven point seven point six seven point five
0: something like that. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, um, I'm going to. I mean, Luke Dubois is an interesting guy, right? Because he did and he he has like he. Put up seven. He put up forty-nine points last year yeah. in seventy games. Um, granted, I mean that's not that it's not really that strong. I mean, honestly, the year before he sixty-four points in eighty-two games. Um, last year's a minus two on that team, um, which is a team that doesn't have a whole lot of minus players.
2: Yeah, but he matched up against the other team's number one. Yeah, he's
0: going against the player. best. Well, he matches. He matches against the best for sure. And there's no question he's their most talented. You know, flat out, plainly talented player. But I'm I'm often wondering about him, like if he's a bit overrated because of the the concept of you know the his whole story, you know, like when they drafted him instead of you know was a, a surprise guy in the draft and has been good still. He's been good, you know, no question about it. He's been very good and he's got skill. But I always think that people are like you know giving him
3: a little bit of extra credit because he was what is he 21? Yeah, yeah, he's young. So he's 21 years old. He's playing a number one center position. He's yeah. up against the best in the league. Oh and no. He he had- and he was on pace for another sixty-point year, or or something close to that. Uh, I, I I have no problem with Pierre-Luc Dubois. I do not think he's overrated. Uh, matter of fact, I think his overall game will get better. Uh, I just don't know. Point wise, yeah, on that team without a real driver like a Panarin type, yeah, he may not be able to get fifty-five points, but. That's okay. He does everything else. With him, I would go
0: three years. I would go short on this one, just 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 to see. And you know, you might have to go a little bit higher than that. So like eight, maybe eight for three, eight million a year for three years. I would go short on it just to sort of.
2: Well, okay. If, like you, if you're going if, if you're going shorter term, then that's going to be sort of like a Braden point deal. It's going to be probably six six seven five to seven million dollars. Yeah. yeah, maybe
0: that's more. But maybe that's more. I'm Yeah, I don't think take. I don't think he'll take it. Yeah, it.
2: No, I don't think so either. Yeah. I think he's, I think that like after what he did last year, matching up against Matthews in the first round, and you know, and the physical, the physical type of number one center that he is. I mean, he may not score a ton, but this is sort of like a throwback, Russ, to, to sort of Bobby Holique, but he's better than Bobby Holique because he can yeah. score. So, you know, that's why right. I think, you know, seven and a half to eight on a long term deal is probably closer to what he's going to get. Yeah. Um, We're
3: okay. Shorter, but we'll see.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll skip on. I'll skip Jack Rosolick because he's, you know.
3: Yeah, I would skip Rosselick.
2: Um Let's go to the big, the, the big fish, Matthew Barzell. Uh, you know, now with the sudden. Hmm. Retirement of Johnny Boychuk. The Islanders have the cap space now. The talk is that they are going to sign as soon as the uh, the schedule is released. They they basically have Corey Schneider and Matt Martin and one other. Oh, Andy Green. That they're going to sign probably to veteran minimum deals or close to it. So they'll they'll, they'll they won't have like the full ten million dollars that they have right now under the cap, but pretty close. Uh, Kevin, you first. Do you think they get them on a bridge, or do you think they get them on a long-term deal?
1: I think they're going to them on a long-term deal. I, I would say something like, uh, what do they have left? Do they got uh, enough to give uh, you?
2: No, I'll 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 give you the exact figure right now. Right now, currently, they have, um, and this is not, in, well, excuse me, this is, in, they have boy. They have to put Boychuk in LTIR right now. He's on IR. They have nine point nine million in cap space.
1: Boy, <clears throat> that's tough because to get him in a long term deal, I think you're going to have to give him eight million dollars uh, per year. Yeah, so, no. uh, but that doesn't give him enough to sign three players. Nope. Yeah. Oh, so uh, two you
2: know. of two of those three, I think, are, are going to take veteran minimums. I would uh, Schneider and I think probably Green are probably going to take veteran. Minimums. I mean, Green, you can get to
3: come in on a PTO and just see what happens with injuries and stuff. Like Me. I, I think you. I'm pretty sure Andy Green would come in just being invited.
1: Yes. I mean, what well, do you think, Martin will get?
3: One five million. I think he's going to get, a million. You get yeah. a, million. a
1: million. A million, million, a million. five. Well, if you get if you get some million, uh, you know, then you could do it. I, you know. Um, let's I'd go uh, six years at, uh, you know, 47, five. So just under, just 8, million. under eight. Under eight. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Ross,
3: what do you think? I'm going to go eight and a half by eight sign here on the dotted line. There's not many guys like him in the league. The minute you give him an opportunity to go somewhere, he might go somewhere and a lot of teams would go on him because again under Barry Trotz's system he's definitely squelched his offense a little bit you put him in an open system and you'll be back to the 80 point guy.
0: Act. Yeah, yeah I say 8 I'd say 8 by 8. I think I think 64 million um, somewhere in that range uh 8 by 8 and I think that I don't understand the Corey Schneider um signing at all if they get
2: They they need go. they need a they need a third goalie that third goalie they, case. It yeah. could it could be a two year deal so they can make him available to right.
0: see. That could be it, yeah. That makes sense. Um
2: I have a tough time believing that Lou will give him an eight year deal. That's the that's the thing. I think he'll I think he could even let him hold hold out to get the bridge deal. Um and I I think I think act you reported something like six point five for three years. I think it'll be, yeah, think it'll be yeah. se- seven for three years. I think he'll yeah. he'll eventually get him to take the bridge. I don't but think
3: there's only the but you realize there's nobody else in their entire system. That is worthy of a deal like this. Oh, and if you don't. And, and if you don't give this guy this deal and somehow he ends up walking or he trade him or something happens down the line, it might take another seven years to get another player like this.
2: I'm on your yeah. side. I would sign him. Right.
3: That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: You know, a year it, bridge. He's definitely worth the $8 million. It's yeah. A matter of, you know, you're
3: playing with fire on a three year you, bridge. You have, to,
1: you have to give. figure out a way. You have, you have to get rid of another player if you're going to sign those other three.
3: You know what, and I'm going to have to do it, Kev, because at the end of the day, uh, Count Clutterbuck, you know, we like you. You're a veteran.
1: See, yeah. well, I, I, I'm with you on it. He's definitely worth more than eight million. So, well,
2: and and just think this the, the, they're going to probably open up another million of cap space when they send Andrew Ladd back to Bridgeport because he's on their cap right now, and they save a million by sending right. him. down, and that's right. where he was most of the year last year. So,
1: yeah. Well, then so if that's the case, then they can go up to eight and a half. And I, right. I would agree with I you. I think eight
2: and a half he would take. I do. Yeah. Um, okay, this one this is an interesting one. Dylan Strom had the big year two years ago after coming away coming uh, from Arizona. Last year did not have as big of a year. I'm just looking it up right now. He had uh, 38 points in 58 games for the Blackhawks. He seems to be uh, have been supplanted as the number two center by Kirby Dodge in the playoffs, and he yeah. played some wing. And from what I understood, he did not play well on the wing for the Blackhawks. They have currently uh 5.2 million in cap space. So Russ, what would you sign? What was his uh, number last year? Uh, his his salary. He was uh, he was on an ELC making, less, making less than a million. Yeah. I'll, I'll give him I'll give him
3: two years at uh eight million. He still isn't up to par with his skating either. Like he's he's got some talented people around him, and he is. Playing really well, but yeah. his skating's still not great. It's it's good enough to play in the NHL, but it's not great. So I'm not going to invest
2: long term on him. So you're almost giving him the same contract that his brother got from the Rangers. Yeah. Kev. Yeah, even no, yeah,
1: I give him a three year deal, three three five four. Okay. So three point 5. five AAV,
2: uh, act.
0: Yeah. Um, I i don't think they're going to go higher with him. I'm going to say they I'm going to say they would go four or five four point five to five million. For three years um so like 15 million over three years roughly um i think i think in that range i think they see him as a as a really uh as a bigger star than that they kind of see him as like a jeff carter type player what i've been told um i don't know whether or not he's gonna they ever- may
3: see that i don't see that i don't
0: yeah, know i'm not don't, I don't I don't that. That or not but that's um yeah
2: i i don't see that but i i do think that they like that combo of him and DeBrink at who yeah they- yeah no question Yeah. Now the one thing with them is Zach Smith, who's on the roster right now, making over three million dollars, is a UFA at the end of the year. So they just have to weather the storm for a year, and then that that salary gets cleared out. So I think they'll sign him to uh, a two year deal at three point seven five. So you know, sort of like in between what everybody else is thinking
0: here. Oh I am sorry, I have to grind this. I have to say, help my kid in a second. I'll be I'll see you guys later. Thanks. Thanks. Okay. Kevin, sorry. Okay. I have to go apologize. Okay, no,
2: no problem, Matt. Okay, no we Cool. All right. Uh, one more and we'll end the show. Uh the, the 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 big one in Tampa Bay still remaining, Anthony Sorelli. Tampa Bay uh, basically has no cap space. I'm just checking exactly what cap. They're two million here.
1: over. Yeah. yeah,
2: they're two. They're right. They're two million. Two point. Yeah, or just just under two million over. They still have Cernac to sign. Um, we still don't know what they're going to do to get under the cap. I know Kev, you wrote about this, and I know Elliot Friedman uh, mentioned as well that it appears that some of the talk has come off of Tyler Johnson and right. moved to the more attractive Alex Kalorn or Andre Palat.
1: Right. When it came to Tampa. Yeah. Well, and 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 Palat is a five million dollar player, but he's only two years, and plus he's just a much more desirable player. Sure. Uh, the two-way guy and uh Kalorn the attractiveness of him is is he only has a modified no trade one of the few guys that doesn't have a full right so there are some teams although you know probably they're you know they're going to end up in Columbus or Nashville would be the leading choices and I think both of those are pretty attractive sure um just in terms of getting a chance for uh Kalorn and uh, Palat to do even more than they were doing in Tampa so
2: uh, Russ, I almost think that if they trade Kalorn or Palat, that Sorelli gets almost the same amount that they get. You know, like, like if they trade Kalorn and Kalorn's making 4.45 with three years left, that Sorelli will get around that for, for, for two or three years.
3: Yeah, I, I could see four a year. Like I just did the buyout calculator for Brayden Coburn and I would do it. It's a two year buyout. It costs them a million bucks. They save a half a million. Like they're going to have to do things like that if they don't have any other options they're going to have to start looking at ways to do that
2: well but the windows are closed so they can't do it anymore. is
3: it closed i didn't know if they extended yeah, it okay. the second window is closed. yeah see, i would have win. done that or, or yeah. just try and get someone to t- to take Brayden coburn for you a might,
2: you might you might have a chance at that because yeah, then cuz he still can play a little bit sure but so you think you around around that around 4 million for Yeah, 4 million years. for 2 years uh, Kev, do you think Sorelli would go yeah
1: that? yeah i do um you know, it might be one of those things that if they wanted to get a, a three-year deal, they could do uh, four, four, five, uh, five, um, try to get three years out of them or three years at four or five per year somewhere in there.
2: And they, what they also could do, and we've seen this happen a couple times, the most recent example was Kevin Lebank in San Jose was basically say to Sorelli, okay, Take a one-year deal, and we promise you next year we'll pay you because we've got six guys. Yeah, six guys dropping off in unrestricted free agency. We want you long-term. We, you know, you're part of the team, but we just can't pay you what you're worth right now. So just wait a year, and we'll we'll take care of you. And and San Jose took care of LeBanc, so that might be a possibility too. But we'll we'll see. Okay, uh, hopefully on Monday we'll have some news about uh, a schedule and a, an agreement between the PA and the NHL. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to talk about that. Uh, thank you, Kevin, once again for being on the show. Uh, for the departed Eck, for Russ Cohen and for Kevin Allen, I'm Michael Ligello. Thank you for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey